All right, let's get into this message. We're talking about great, and I, I teased you last night. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, social media, uh, Facebook or, or, or Twitter. What is greater than God? And that's what we want to answer this morning. What is greater than God? Okay, uh, we're going to look at some things, and I want to answer that question for you today. What is greater than God? Let's have a word of prayer. Father, again, I love you, and thank you, God. Thank you for healing, God, for my family. Thank you for strength, Lord, this week, for my family, God, and for others. Thank you, God, for always being there, God, for the, for the struggles that people are having this past week. Uh, thank you for being there. Thank you for protection for our missions team, God, the awesome work that you did through them. God, what you, what you did in all of, these, uh, all of these missions team members, God, how, how you just changed, turned their, their hearts upside down. And I just pray, God, that you just continue that. And now today, God, I'm standing here. Lord, I know. I know what some of these are facing that are sitting here looking at me, Lord, right now, that waiting for a word because, God, some of the stuff that they share with me, God, a phone call this morning, God, uh, emails this week, Lord, that I know, God, there are people with needs, with troubles this morning. And I pray, God, you help us during this time, God, renew, renew our faith, God, renew our commitment, God, renew our, our, our assurance, God, that you're able to accomplish and do all the things that we need you to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Okay, so we're going to talk about, we're going to try to answer the question, what is greater than God? Let's look at the other side of that for just a moment. Let's look at some things that are not greater than God, okay? And, and, and the first one is, uh, there's a scripture in Luke I want to take you to. Uh, we used this two weeks ago. I actually used this also with a leaders meeting a couple of weeks ago. Jesus said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. You're mentioned in there, right? You are. I am. So the first thing I want to tell you is that God is greater than us. He's greater than us. You need, the first thing he says is deny yourself. Okay? I just finished a, a sermon series, remember, on praying strong. Pray strong. Pray strong. Let me tell you, you also need to chase strong. You need to chase God strong. You're not going to find God with a, with a casual attitude toward your relationship with him. You're not going to really connect with him. You know, it, it, what it's going to take is commitment. It's going to take commitment to doing that. You know, it, it's kind of like, you know, if, if we approached God with the same attitude, or, if we, or rather if we approached eating with the same attitude that we approached God, a lot of us would be 30, 40 pounds thinner, wouldn't we? I mean, if you forgot to eat as often as you forget to pray, come on somebody, say amen or oh me or whatever. If you forgot to eat as often as you forgot to read the Bible, or if you ate as deep or as much as you read the Bible, you'd probably shed a few pounds, wouldn't you? I mean, you know, and, and there, there's a hunger in you that reminds you when this is empty. You know, when you really begin chasing after God, that hunger starts growing in you that reminds you that, wait a minute, you haven't eaten in a while. You gotta, ch you, you gotta chase God. I wanna tell you some really awesome things later in this message. Some stuff that you're gonna say, man, I want that. Okay, but you gotta get this too. You can't just say, I want the good, and, and say, but I don't want to be committed. I don't want to deny myself, but you got to deny yourself. He is greater than you. He is greater than me. He is greater than us. And it takes a little more to get to know him because, now listen, he, he does this thing where he meets us wherever you are. He meets you, and, and you're immediately like, wow, I know this. But here's the thing is, is you eventually have to grow up, and you got to stop talking just Baby talk, you know, mama and dad, dad, you know, you start talking. I mean, that's fine, you know, in the beginning and, and the commitment, you know, is maybe not a lot right there. But after a while, you got to start growing up and growing deeper because he's deeper than that. He comes and meets you wherever you are, but he wants you to grow to where he is and the place that he wants you to be. 
You know, it's, it's like I was thinking about it in this way. It's like, do y'all remember what dial-up is? Dial-up? I'm talking about internet connection, you know? Does anybody does not know what that is? Okay, I didn't know because, you know, it used to be that I, I would say eight-track tape and everybody would laugh and snicker, but nowadays you have to explain eight-track tape to a lot of kids, you know? Uh, so I didn't know if you know what, but like, you see an old movie, like 15 years old. I don't mean old, old. I mean 15 years old, you know, like uh, the other day when it was on uh, You've Got Mail, you know? And, and you're watching that, and, and when they start connect, you know, you hear all that, that AOL sound, you know, the, the telephone and all that and white noise and all that, you know, and the little beeps and everything. And it's like, it's just like so far, it's like, wow! Amazing. 15, that was a lifetime ago, wasn't it? 15 years ago? I mean, for a 15 year old, it is. You know, and you know what? Imagine today trying. I don't even know. Can you get, can you get dial up anymore? I don't even know if you can. But imagine today trying to connect and do some of the things that you can do online today through dial up. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff you would not be able to do just because of the speed and, and the, the, the amount of memory that it would take and go through. It just, it just wouldn't work. You can't do it. But you know, a lot of us, that's the way we're still trying to connect with God. That maybe we began with dial-up. See, the internet, it had to begin with dial-up. Things have to be developed, and it had to begin with dial-up, but it's gone way beyond. I mean, to, now, I, I can't imagine connecting with a phone, you know, a smartphone with dial-up, but now, I mean, you just open it up, boom, it's there. Wi-Fi, man, it's there. It's awesome, isn't it? You know, or your cable or whatever you've got, you know, man, it's awesome that it's right there. But it's, it had to grow to that place. And your relationship with God, you know, God is up here, but he meets you here at your dial-up. But he doesn't want you to stay with dial-up. He wants you to grow on. And it takes commitment to grow on to that place to, to get to connect with him and figure out who he is and, and all of these things. I, you know, as I, I know sometimes we don't, we don't get this. We preach it. We say it. Around here we say it's not about you. If you're a Christian, it's not about you anymore. This is not about you anymore. It's about the next one that needs to be saved. If it was about you, God just needs to strike you dead, take you on to heaven because, hey, we need to get out of here. I mean, you know, this is where all the problems are. All, all your rewards are in heaven. You know, you know this, is, this is not about me anymore. And we say that and preach that. But still, we, we, we struggle with getting ourselves out of the equation because think about it. How do you pray? When you pray, how much do you talk about you? And how much do you listen to God talk about him? How much do you say, God, I want, I want, I want? And how much do you listen to what God's, God's saying about what he wants and what he needs and what he does? And I know some of us, he just needs to get a little, you know, if some of us today, if we had been transported, if we were back in time and we were Noah, you know, and God's trying to say, Noah, let me tell you, I'm about to flood the earth. Noah, I need to tell you how to build the ark. But Noah can't stop playing Where's My Water long enough to hear Noah talk about the water that's really coming. Come on, somebody. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, or, or David, you know, is out watching his sheep, but he can't watch his sheep because, you know, he's playing Angry Birds, you know, or whatever. Or he's trying to find somebody that he can get a new life from for, in Candy Crush, you know, or what, you know. And, and Moses, you know, God's trying to give you something, but all, all Moses wants is one more life. I don't need Ten Commandments, God, if I just have one more life, you know. That's, that's where we are a lot of time. And I'm not saying that, that, uh, that uh, smartphone apps and, and iPhone apps, I'm not saying that they're of the devil, but they get in our way a lot. I mean, we don't, we don't have time to just sit. God needs us to sit every once in a while and just listen to him. And that's, sometimes that's hard for us to sit and just listen. But we need to take our praying on to a place of praying strong, uh, to chasing him strong as well. Chase him strong because he's not, he's not your best buddy. 
He's not the smartest guy you know. And you, know, you think about the smartest person you know, how sometimes it's hard to carry on a conversation with them. Come on, you know what I mean? God's even smarter than they are. And God meets you where you are, but he wants you to grow on to a place because he's got, he is so much deeper and he has so much more he wants to give to you. So recognize who he is, that he is greater than you and, and reach for him, you know, chase after him. Okay, so let me tell you something else that he's greater than. And uh, this is Jesus talking to Matthew chapter 12, verse 6. He says, I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. Something greater than the temple. God is greater than church. He is greater than church. Now, here's the context of what's going on right here. The Pharisees are upset because the disciples are not following the law of the temple. And they're saying, Jesus, you see what your disciples are doing? They're not following the laws of the temple. They're over here doing this and this, and they're not supposed to do this. And Jesus says, I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. Something greater than the temple. The Pharisees, they got, they got it about the temple. About the temple, man, they, had, they understood it. They got it. But they didn't get God. They knew the, they knew the scriptures. They knew the prophecies. I, I told you this just a couple of weeks ago. I, th I think it was in the first. They got all that. They knew the prophecies. They could quote the prophecies. They could expound upon the prophecies. But here was the one, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who fulfilled the prophecies, and they didn't see him. How can you get it but not get it? That's what they did. They got it. And you know what? There's a lot of Christians like that, too. There's a lot of people in church today, in church services, and they get church but they don't get him. It's like there's a connection with, man, this is awesome. The worship is great. Love the music. Oh, man. And hey, good to see you. The gathering is wonderful. But they never connect with him. And let's, let's remember that there is a point to our worship. Because we've said this so many times in teaching on worship and seminars on worship. It's saying that sometimes if we're not careful, we'll start worshiping worship. And so we kind of forget him and him and this is just so awesome let's just keep doing and you know what and it begins with him there and all of a sudden after a while you know we're just enjoying worship so much jesus said wait a minute what about me you know and i think he kind of goes off so you know he said i'll go somewhere else you know and and churches don't even realize now we're worshiping worship and jesus ain't even showing up anymore and we're just enjoying worship and we worship and worship and we need to be worshiping more than just worship and we here's the thing we don't need to just focus on the worship, we need to focus on the point, the God who is the point of our worship. We don't just need to focus on the forgiveness of sin. We need to focus on the Savior who hung on the cross and died for the forgiveness of our sin. We don't need to just focus on the gathering, but we need to focus on the one who has called us together today to enjoy this awesome fellowship that we have and this awesome time we have on Sunday morning. I told you two weeks ago that, you know, Sundays are awesome around 29-11, but our message is greater than Sunday morning in the same way. Sundays are awesome. Let me say it again today. Sundays are awesome at church 2911. But the God that we serve is more awesome than the service that we're in right now. And no matter how great the worship is, he is greater than our worship is as well, which is awesome. I mean, man, we, we need to get our attention off of worship. Because sometimes worship, sometimes worship ain't there, is it? Amen. You know what I mean? Sometimes worship just ain't there. You had a tough week, tired. Oh, I hope they hurry up and finish these songs so I can sit down. Okay, come on now. Somebody besides me has got to feel that every once in a while. I mean, it's just really bad. I mean, I just wish they'd sit down and let me, let me preach, you know, because, I mean, you know, and it just ain't there. You know, and when you worship worship, then you got a problem because the worship wasn't there today. 
But when your focus and attention is on him, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means everything, it means it's always awesome. It means when worship is bad, it's still awesome. When church is bad, it's still awesome. When your relationships are bad, it's still awesome because your focus is not on all of those things. Your focus is on, is on him, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's greater. He's greater than church. And something else he's greater than. Here's we get to the awesome part, okay? But let's, let's look. At, there's commitment here. There's some focus we need to look at. And then let's go to our next scripture. John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You dear, you, dear children, are from God, and you have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. God is greater than the spirit that is in the world. There is a spirit in the world that comes against us. And I want to liken him to an army because there's scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 20 that I want to bring your attention to also. And I want to put these two thoughts together right here for you to see what God is saying. Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 1 says, when you go to war against your enemies and see, and see horses and, and chariots and an army greater than yours, greater than yours, do not be afraid of them because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. When you see an army, now this is, a, this is a, talking about really a physical army, but we're going to relate this to a spiritual uh, battle here. When you see an army come against you that is greater than yours, don't worry about it. Because the God who is greater than the spirit in that army and everything else, and if he's greater than the spirit in the army, he's greater than the army. The, if you see an army that is greater than yours, if you're facing a battle that is greater than you can face, don't worry about it because the God who is greater than all of that is going to stand beside you and he is greater than all that according to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. He is greater than all that. The, the, this God that we serve is greater than the spirit that is within the world. And there were a couple of times this week when I was studying this and preparing this again and getting this, that I got to this point and I just had to sit down. And I don't mean sit down on my seat. I meant like just kind of sit for a while. Wait a minute. Listen. Because I know what some of you are going through. I know what some of your battles are. Some of you have been, you know, you've been sharing. You've been calling or messaging in some way. And I know what some of your battles are. And this, let, me, let me show you what I'm seeing here that God is speaking to us. Because some of you are going to need this. You need this right now today. This is going to help you. Is understand that armies don't just come to mess your day up. Now, you might have, you might have a friend just kind of likes to mess your day up. You got a friend like that, you know, friends like that who needs enemies, right? You know, just kind of likes to mess with you, whatever. Just kind of stir things up a little bit. You know, aggravate you, irritate you, whatever. Or you might have an enemy that does that, really is mean about it, and they don't have any purpose other than they just don't like you. They'll do anything they can to mess your day up. Armies don't do that. Armies don't load up, get a whole bunch, get a battle plan, and come and attack just so they can mess up your day. Armies have a purpose. They have something they want to get. They have something that they see that belongs to you that they want to take from you. There is some possession, some treasure that you have. There is something that is of value to you that the army wants to take for themselves. An army is not just flippantly just making trouble. An army is attacking something in your life. See, and here's one of the reasons we need to see this is because 
so, too many of us, we, we kind of in our prayer life, like, God, you know, our, my life's just kind of really struggling right now, having a few problems, whatever. God, just help me with this. No, this is a battle. Okay, when we're, when I'm talking about some real battles in your life and some troubles in your life. And you've got some real battles and troubles, and you've got an army coming against you. And here's what's happening to some of you right now. You've just gotten to the place where you've begun to claim some promise that God has given to you. That's when the army shows up to tear it apart and destroy it and to get it back. You've just gotten to the place where you can finally see the light at the end of that long tunnel that you've been walking through. I finally see it. And then all of a sudden, that's when the army shows up and blinds and blocks the light out where you can't see it anymore to say, no, you're not at the end of it. You're going to have to fight through us. You get to the, get to the place where, oh man, I've had this happen. So I had this happen just a few weeks ago that you testify, you start telling everybody how great God is, that you, you've got something happening in your life that you marked and said, this is a miracle that God has given to me. That's when the army shows up and says, I'll show you. And they want to take it and destroy it because if they destroy that, they're not just injuring you, but they're injuring the testimony that you just gave again to God. They're, they're destroying his name and destroying his reputation. They're taking his praise away from him because the thing is just a few weeks ago, if you remember, I testified about, uh, about Colin, man, if it wasn't just a few days later, he was sick again. You know, and I was like, God, what are you doing? You know, I was like, I'm like, you know, kind of ready to get up in God's face then, you know, I'm like, God, what are you doing to me? You know, I just testified on a Sunday morning and he said, pray the same prayer. Pray strong. We were in the middle of that series. I prayed again. Boom. Got a text. And you know, hey, we're on our way back home from the inter, uh, from intense, uh, the emergency room. We're on our way home from the ER right now. I mean, man, it, that's what you, what you do is you don't give up. You understand that the army is not going to give up just because you say you have victory today. But once you claim victory, that's when the army is going to show up and say, we'll show you and try to take that away. But what you need to remember is that there is, there is one who is inside of you that is greater than the spirit that is in the world. There is one inside of you that no matter how big the armies are, he is going to stand by you and give you the victory that he has already promised you will have. Amen. Hold on to that. Last little thing right here. And this is from the writings of Paul, Romans chapter 8, verse 35, 37 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is greater than your troubles. Anybody troubled today? Uh, two people. The rest of y'all got perfect lives. Y'all just ready to go get the ice cream. You don't need to pray. You don't need anything else. Okay, there's three of us because I'm in that crew. Would the rest of y'all come pray for the three of us that have troubles in? Y'all got perfect lives. We need some prayer. You, anybody got troubles? I am persuaded neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come tomorrow, things that are happening right now or what's going to happen tomorrow, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing. Nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My goodness. 
You got troubles? We've all got troubles, but God is greater than anything that troubles you. He is greater than anything that troubles you. You can't walk through something today that is greater than God. (laughs) You can't face an enemy that is greater than God. You can't have a fear, a worry, or a doubt that is greater than God. Man, you can't have a problem. Your boss can't drop a problem. Your family can't drop a problem. Your doctor can't drop a problem on you that is greater than your God. He is greater than anything that troubles you. So the answer to the question or the title is what? What's the answer? God is greater than, or I'm sorry, what is greater than God? Nothing. There's nothing that's greater than God. It was just a tease. I wanted you to be thinking about what's greater than God. Has the pastor come up with some scripture I didn't know about? No. There is nothing. Break it down. No thing. There is no thing in your life today or any time that is greater than God. But if you want the promise, you got to pick up the other side too. That commitment, that faith, that believing, that chasing hard, chasing strong. You got to pick that. If you pick that up, then you get this too that nothing is greater than the God you serve. One last thing I want to share with you. Press on in. Let's get people out of the aisles as best we can. Those verses, Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 35, the verses right before that, Paul says, what are we going to say about all these things then? I'm, that's a paraphrase, you know, kind of you know, kind of Alabama English. What, what are we going to say about all this stuff then? Everybody's got troubles. Sometimes, sometimes when I, I'm asking about prayer and I say, anybody got a need and want everybody in this church to be praying for you, just slip up your hand, you know, I say that. This morning, God's watching. We're not looking around to look. God, and he, he's always watching. But because God is watching today, let me ask you, anybody got any troubles, raise your hand. You want God to say, God, I got some troubles today. I got some troubles this week. Got some troubles I'm dealing with. What do we say about all those things? That, that, that's what Paul said. What, what do we say about all this stuff then? What do we say about that? All these problems, all these troubles we got. What are we, what are we going to say about that in, there in Romans chapter 8? What do we say about that? Here's what he said. He says, if God is for me, who can be against me? What do I say about my troubles? If God is for me, who can be against me? That, that's what Paul is saying. He said, what am I going to say about all this stuff? I can always say, if God It's for me. Who can be against me? You got troubles? But if God is for you, he's stronger, he's greater, he's bigger, he's wiser. And he's already planned for your troubles.